0: So y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm here, so I won't get fined. Hello? You play to win the game.
1: You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. The second half, we sucked. We couldn't stop the run. Every time they got the ball, they went down and got points. We got our ass totally kicked in the second half. That's what it boiled down to. It was a horse performance in the second half.
0: Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it.
1: Then erroneous reports. People questioning my loyalty to him. That is absurd. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let
0: them off the hook. you we were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood, too. What is happening, everyone? Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. On today's show, we're getting back into the stock up, stock down life. But I'll tell you who's my partner for life. It is my main man. He is my co-host. You know him better as the man of the hour. And the man... With the power. Jerry Sinclair, buddy, what's going on?
2: Randall, it is absolutely wonderful. Uh, this was a little bit of a disaster weekend for me. My leagues did not go as planned. Stefan Diggs did not help a brother out. Uh, Trevor Lawrence pooped his pants. Uh, all of the CD lamb shares, though, bless that man's sweet, sweetheart. How are you, buddy?
0: Dude, I'm good. I'm good. And uh, I'm going to get the shameless promotion out of the way real, real quick. So we can just get into talking ball. Uh, we are found on two podcast channels. We have the Dynasty Warzone channel where you'll hear guys like the Dynasty Wargames crew, Dallas, and his rookie, his rookie rundown stuff. Um, we're going to have Dallas on the show here in just a little bit. But uh, if you were watching live on the Player Profiler YouTube feed, you would see Jerry... With a picture, it's it, it's actually a takeoff. I'm going to do my best to describe it. Jerry, are you ready? You can kind of hold All it up right. for the camera. So if you've ever seen the classic meme, sometimes it's, it's used as a GIF of Randy Marsh from South Park where he's got elephantitis of the nuts and he's wheelbarrowing them around with his nuts in a wheelbarrow, except it's got Dan Campbell, head coach of the Detroit Lions, head photoshopped on Randy Marsh's body as... Dan Campbell is metaphorically wheeling his big balls around the uh, around the, the world.
2: The, the meatiest balls, me,
0: me, meaty balls. So, so Jerry, um, this is this is not reason enough to go to Player Profilers YouTube channel and subscribe. By the way, to see Jerry and I have him describe Dan Campbell's metaphoric balls. I don't know what you're waiting for. Hey, well, well, I, you should already be there.
2: That's true. Listen, it's not my fault that the man has gigantic nuts and I love it. I have a friend that hates it and he was vilified by just about every other person that has ever been a Lions fan for any extended period of time because he thinks it's going to backfire at some point, but we've literally had the worst football program in the history of the NFL and now we don't. And it's because he's doing things like that. So he can S my D from the back, Randy, that's what he can do
0: wow, if you understood all that filthy talk that just came out of Jerry Sinclair's mouth, um, I'm sorry in advance. Um, But anyway, you should be over at YouTube right now, subscribing to the Player Profiler Network and subscribing to the Dynasty Warzone Network. We're going to have content and really, we're going to kick it into high gear here really in like a month and a half. We're going to start getting into the rookie business, the 2024 rookies. We're going to have Dallas stopping by later to actually cover a running back. Uh, We love running backs. We all need running backs, Jerry. Every dynasty team feels like they're needing running backs right now. Yeah. I mean, that's why the
2: the Keaton Mitchells of the world are are relevant. We're going to talk about him later. You know, I mean, they're everywhere.
0: You never know who's going to be 2024's Kyron Williams, who comes out of obscurity to be a a big, you know, he's still like top 10 in, in PPR running back points in spite of missing like four games. That's how good of a run he's been on. And speaking of being on a run, that's our boy, Theo. Theo Griminger here from the the player profile. He's got a million shows. Theo has shows and he started a new one. And you may know Theo from, you know, his work on first class fantasy with Billy Muzio or the Sonic Truth with the Podfather and Alan Seslowski. This is Theo's show. He's going to be doing Dynasty. He has threatened to have me on at some point. But it's called the Dynasty Life, and it's with Theo, and it's here on the Player Profiler YouTube, and maybe Jerry, m- maybe we can get you on the show. Oh, don't tease him like that. I know he he always feels like you are snubbing him. He he feels like uh, you rebuke him. Like when he comes on, it's usually to fill in for you, and he feels like you're you're like ducking him, like like an old boxing term, like you're ducking him the way like a boxer would duck another boxer. That's not true though. No, that's my dog. It is. It it, see, he is your dog. He's not your rival, but if you're looking for a rival, check out rival fantasy.
1: This episode is brought to you by rival fantasy, rival fantasy, the coolest fantasy platform. Not enough people know about, but they will once I'm done, baby, because they're always innovating. They just rolled out seasonal leagues. We set them up for patrons for our listeners And they funded over $1,000 in payouts. That's what Rival's all about. They're always innovating. They already had the fantasy book where you can take overs and unders, stack them up, multiply your payout. But then they added challenges so you can set your own lines and put them out there for the community. And then you can browse the community's lines and say, hey, this guy's crazy. I'm going to take the other side. It's cool. And they have fantasy bingo. Rival Fantasy is reminding me how much fun I can have with fantasy football and use that promo code PLAYER. The promo code is PLAYER. They give you a $100 instant deposit match plus $25 plus a free play. That promo code is PLAYER for up to $125 in deposit bonus and a free play. You can't beat it.
0: Yeah, you heard the podfather. Like a sore Peter, you can't beat it, Jerry. Jeez, oh
2: my goodness. I'm going to write it down uh is that going in the book that's going in the book uh i hope i i I hope i never repeat that line but it is a good one it is a randyism that does deserve to be documented also uh, that was just a flawless translation into saying he wasn't my rival right into rival fantasy it's like you've done this before dude
0: well i have and and rival fantasy is a great way if like your dynasty rosters in the is in the toilet right now or your redraft team is in the tank, go over to Rival Fantasy. Just check it out. Again, when you go check out these sponsors, you may not sign up or or join, but the traffic helps. It, it, it helps drive up apps and all the gimmicks and algorithms that are way beyond my pay grade. But Go check out Rival Fantasy, sponsor of the show. Jerry, let's get into uh, good people, bad tweets. All right. Well, now we got this tweet. I, Now, I have threatened the people for a couple of weeks with this tweet because this was sent to me by one of our patrons, Mr. Steve Gambino. And, and Steve was like, Hey, you, you should do this one. And I'm like, Steve, I got you. Steve, I apologize. It took me to get it as long as it has to get it, but here we are. And Steve sent me this tweet and it's from Thomas Christopher. I wonder if Christopher is his last name, Jerry. Maybe. I mean, you never trust anyone with two first names. I don't make no. the rules. But Thomas Christopher, at ThomasCP underscore NFL, outside of Puka, I think QJ, has to mean Quentin Johnston, I think QJ still has the highest ceiling overall. Mm -hmm. He was drafted as a project, so I wasn't concerned with him starting slow, but I think his ceiling can be exponentially high. Jerry, I read this and I hear Traylon Burks 2.0. (laughs) and 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 good but not fat quentin's not fat and and neither is neither is Traylon. it's a joke on the show if you're a new listener no i know Traylon burks is in better shape than all yet we know it's a bit it's a fucking bit It's, it's 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 a bit but quentin johnston you know his his ceiling is his floor which is bad i mean he did have like 12 fantasy points this past weekend so yeah I mean, it, it only took the it only took the Chargers scoring like what thirty eight points.
2: Yep, for him to
0: get to, to for him for him to get to twelve PPR points, big two thumbs up. But I just feel like we're in for an off of what we got last year from the Traylon Burke stance. Uh, I don't think he has more upside or more ceiling than Jackson Smith and Jigba. He doesn't have more ceiling than Jordan Addison. And and, and if Jordan Addison, if this is his average, I know it's probably a little bit high because, you know, Justin Jefferson's been out, but TJ Hawkinson's been the one who's benefited more from, from Jefferson being out, in my opinion. And Jordan Addison continues to do well in spite of less than Kirk Cousins. Remember, that was one of our concerns about Justin Jefferson is what did life without Kirk Cousins look like? And it looks like this Kevin O'Connell offense, kind of like a lot of the other high-powered offense, the Shanahan's and so many, McVay, so many others, they can get some production out of their backup QBs. So I I don't want to be too rough on Thomas, but I I vehemently disagree. What about you, Jer?
2: Even at this point, he's not even Traylon Burks. I mean, Traylon Burks had 444 yards as a rookie, and
0: QJ is not on pace for that. And he was hurt. Traylon Burks was hurt and missed a few games, right. And develop asthma in the preseason. but like here's here's the situation.
2: If he had Mike Williams there and Keenan Allen was there, and Austin Eckler had played all the games, and he wasn't on the field. You know, he was learning everything. i I, I could understand the struggles. We've seen Quentin Johnston though. Mike Williams has not played. Austin Eckler missed an entire month. The tight ends that are in LA, are essentially irrelevant. He has that opportunity to show you what his ceiling can be just based on opportunity. Even Keenan Allen has been banged up because he's 30 years old and he gets banged up because he's an absolute animal. I haven't seen it. Haven't haven't seen anything. Of course he's going to score a touchdown against the lions though, because F me, I guess, but he has been given the opportunity to showcase what he can do at the NFL level based on his role in an offense that is very conducive to wide receiver scoring points, and he simply hasn't. So what is going to change that's going to make it better? Is he going to turn from a project to an elite wide receiver asset in the next year? That seems like an outlandish claim to make. So no, Thomas Christopher, two first names. I do think you are exponentially high
0: on drugs, not on I, outlook. You know, drugs and fantasy Twitter do not mix, and I I'm not sure one way or the other of of his sobriety state. And you know, I hope he's in a good spot, but the, he's not wide receiver 33 out of every rookie that's played every game this year. Okay. He is the 33rd best scoring rookie. He scored 40 points on the season. He scored less points than such luminaries as Jonathan Mingo. He scored less points than Jake Bobo. That's a real person. I thought that was a made up person. It's actually come to find out Jake Bobo is a real person and he plays for the Seahawks. And he scored
2: I more than QJ? Uh,
0: he has. It's, uh, I don't want to say significantly more. He scored like five it more fantasy points. It but it's but, but 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 it's 12% more. I mean, if if you wanted to say the guy who had the rookie of this class that had the highest upside, I'm starting to think it's Josh Downs. I'm starting to think that that it's that's Josh Downs. I, I mean, he's never going to be a I, I volume think monster. I,
2: think, I I mean that's nuts, but it's also closer than Quentin Johnston is. What are we talking about? Stop. Just just tweet out that you liked Quentin Johnston coming into the process. He landed in a good situation, so you doubled down on it, and now you're watching it, and it's not coming to fruition, and you just can't learn. You cannot learn from the mistake you are making. Stop tripling down. You're just triple barreling your bluff into the river, and you're going to get called, and you're going to end up broke.
0: I, I, I like the poker tie-in, Jerry. I like the poker tie-in. Um, but that's good people, bad tweets, man. I I just think there's a, a, a better way to go. By the way, I think we're bad luck. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about Josh Downs, how he had been rocking, and then the last two games, he's come back with two points and six points. So it's our fault. I do like Josh Downs. If, if I wanted someone in this class, by the way, another wide receiver that Quentin Johnston's following in the line of, Rashad Bateman. Yeah. Except Rashawn Bateman got hurt on top of not being very
2: good at football. And isn't isn't in an offense that's conducive to passing
0: yards. A lot of these things matter, Jerry. But uh, I got to go with Dana White. I'm wondering which federal prison. Got it. Federal fucking prison. If you're that fucking stupid and somebody else wants to do it, knock yourself out. There's not enough money in it. Yep, yep, that's what I hear when, when someone says Quentin Johnson has the second highest ceiling in this class. That's what I'm saying. Like, I
2: don't, I, I, I don't want to dwell on it too much because we we are beating a dead horse. We have done this a lot, but good God, like where where does your process come from? Where do you think this, he, he, man, he, this man's going to turn it around and he's going to have an exponentially high ceiling? In what world? I haven't even seen a minute flash of it at any point
0: here's a, a really profound statement that's not mine. It's not like a memphisism. but don't spend a lot of time. Don't hang on to a mistake just because you spent a lot of time making it. Let go. It's like holding on to barbed wire. Don't just grip down harder because you've made a mistake and grabbed barbed wire. And I'm just going to hang on tighter. Let go. Let it go. We're going to let this go. We're going to move into a guy that kind of broke my heart because he broke his shoulder. And that's Deshaun Watson. It came out today as we're recording this show that Deshaun Watson's done for the season. Jerry, what are your thoughts on Deshaun Watson? Did you have a lot of Watson? What are you doing with Watson? What are your Watson takes? Because by the way, real quick, shout out to Dr. Kyle. He was going to try to do a video because this is the first significant injury of a star in Dynasty that we've had since Nick Chubb. He's still out on paternity leave. He's out being super dad. So uh, good for him and the family, but uh, I did ask Doctor Kyle. It's not that he didn't want to do it; he's just tied up right now. So I'm sorry, Jerry. What are your thoughts on on uh, Deshaun?
2: I I mean, I do have a couple shares. Got a lot of leagues, so he's he's in there. The thing is, is if you have him, you can't do anything about it. He goes on the IR, or he goes into your bench, and you sit him there because he has not done anything that makes you think you're going to be able to sell him for profit. And he's gonna be in Cleveland because they owe him a ton of money, and he's under contract for a long time. So you're just chilling. I I, I mean it honestly, maybe even acquirable. I like I you you don't want to give up a ton. Don't get me wrong, because he's not going to be the Deshaun Watson that he was. A missing time. B the injury. You know, not great, but also anybody who has Deshaun Watson right now is not thrilled that they have Deshaun Watson. So they may be willing to cut bait. And if they are willing to cut bait, there's a chance they're trying to win. You can help them win by getting them something on their team and you can acquire him. He's going to be a starting quarterback and a starting quarterback has stability and it
0: has value. I don't hate it. I mean, I agree. First of all, I've been the pro Deshaun Watson guy on this podcast, and I know he's had a rough season, but you have to remember something. He got hurt in week three, missed a couple of games, tried to come back against the Colts, got hurt in the Colts game, missed a couple of games, come back last week. He actually had a high ankle sprain somewhere in the middle of the second quarter. He got a high ankle sprain. I know PJ Walker come in for one pass and then Deshaun Watson came back and he led that team from behind with a broken shoulder and a high ankle sprain. Went 14 of 14 in the second half against a Ravens defense that had laid waste to the Jags and a lot of good teams this year. And the and this was with, with no Nick Chubb. I, I've been looking for the reason to buy Deshaun Watson and... I, I, I'm not selling, I'm definitely not selling, but who are you selling for? Like for me, if I had a Geno Smith or a Matt Stafford, I am going instantly with one of those two. Um, Aiden O'Connell, I wouldn't give you, as Jerry would say, a wet sock for, for Aiden O'Connell. So Correct. if if, the, if they would take Aiden O'Connell, a, a Derek Carr, I'd love to give you Derek Carr for Aiden O'Connell. Desmond Ritter, if he's renamed the starter, I'm sorry. Yeah. For, for Deshaun Watson, these, I'll tell you like a guy that I'm not giving up and he's right there in that pocket. I'm not giving up Russell Wilson. And I know what you yeah. may think, but he he's, he's not been good. I'm like, you know what? I thought that too, until you go to points, exactly. you know, points scored, Russell Wilson's had his buy and through 10 weeks, he is your QB 13. And when some yeah. of those guys in front of him, like Sam Howell and a couple others, when they have their bye, he's going to be a QB one. Now it'll be a yeah. back end QB one and the offense has only looked better. So Russell Wilson is not a guy I'd give up. What about you? Is there uh, guys that you would or wouldn't? Uh,
2: yeah. Russell Wilson is not one of them, but I mean, I would consider the Staffords of the world and that, that sort of tier. Minshew, uh, if they
0: take Minshew in like in a second, I'm not giving up a first, but like Minshew and like a pick.
2: Oh my god! I'd do that in a mill. I wouldn't even think about it. I would accept that for Watson every time.
0: Well, I'll give you a tough one. Levis for Watson. Uh,
2: I think I would take Deshaun Watson, but it but it is tough, and it depends on my
0: situation. Okay, I'm I'm just coming up with names to help these beautiful listeners, because it,
2: actually, it depends who my second quarterback is.
0: Well, that's the thing. Is like if if I've got a stud, like maybe I've just had a bad run, or right. I'm trying, or I just I only have one QB. Like maybe you've got Trevor Lawrence and who's been struggling. You've got Trevor Lawrence. You've been fighting an injury bug all year, and you've just decided just decided to, to to fold your tents, and you're gonna you know pack it in for the year and start you know retooling a little bit. And maybe yeah. you got a Stafford. Maybe you got a Geno. This is the time where you know if you get Deshaun Watson and he returns to QB, even back like Russell Wilson, if he's next year's Russell Wilson and return and and returns to that back, even back in QB one, you've made a tremendous profit. So I'm looking to acquire, I would also move like mid tier wide receivers to go get him. Like if I could move like a Terry McLaren or a Deontay Johnson straight up, straight up for one of those guys, and you know, someone was, or, or I could package like a Gardner Minshew, and like a, a wide receiver two, three, and package those guys together. Especially if I've decided to pack it in for twenty twenty three, I just I think that's the move for me. But I'm definitely not selling under under any circumstances because anyone who's going to be willing to pay what I think he's worth isn't going to pay it because they're rebuilding. And they're probably planning on drafting, you know, Drake May, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, yeah, whomever, and in, in, in the in in offseason. I would say you're more
2: than likely what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson is he's just going to be sitting on a lot of rosters. I'm I'm going to guess we don't see a bunch of moves for him. And just
0: whoever has him is going to have him. I am still kicking tires on on Deshaun Watson, but I, I want to keep this show a moving because we got a lot of stock ups, stock downs. Uh let's jump into it. Last Thursday night. A true stinker, ugly. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. Panthers at the Bears. Speaking of ugly, Bryce Young. Holy shit. I don't know what they have to do in the off. Like, First of all, uh, David Tepper, the the GM, I'm sorry, the owner of the Panthers, is one of the richest owners in the world of, of NFL teams and he is a hedge fund wall street genius he has like uh, he he just basically paid cash for the for the carolina panthers like 6 billion dollars or whatever it was so he's got all the funds in the world he needs to go out and proactively overpay t for t higgins cuz so i think t higgins will be the crown jewel of this free agent wide receiver class whatever t higgins wants or whatever the next teams offering i'm offering more You've got to find Bryce Young, his his wide receiver. It's clearly not Johnny Mingo. Uh, I like what we've gotten from a fantasy po- standpoint out of out of Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst. He, he, Hayden Hurst truly should be doing more. Miles Sanders is like the free agent flop of of the year. So you got to get this guy some help, and you got to get this guy some help quickly, Jerry. But for me, my stock down. Bryce Young.
2: Uh, I think mine is going to be Roshan Johnson. Because we have, he is in a situation where there's just not tons of competition. And if he is actually capable of doing this thing at the big boy day, table, he should be doing it. And we're not seeing it. Like, we're, we're talking about Donta Foreman, who's torn in uh, an Achilles and is, like, 27 years old. And he's the guy that's keeping you away from it.
0: I hate that. And that I'm scares the hell out of me. Brighter days ahead for Roshan Johnson. I I agree. I agree. Herbert can't stay, can't stay healthy. You just mentioned Foreman's done for the year. I'm telling you, eventually. I I I
2: I agree. He should have the opportunities, but he's had the opportunities and I've still seen nothing. So that scares the hell out of me. As far as Bryce Young is concerned, we got to give him time. I mean, we look at all the, the first overall picks, the last like four or five. They've all struggled in that first year. Now, I am not a Bryce Young guy, so I am still remaining skeptical. I just I think there are brighter days ahead for him, whether he's ever going to be relevant enough for you to use him to get to the playoffs in a Superflex league. I think that has yet to be determined, and that offense, like you said, has to get so, so much better because it is doo-doo at this point.
0: All right. I don't know how you say doo-doo in German, but the Colts (laughs) and the Patriots locked horns in Germany and uh, the Deutschland. And for me, it's stock up Jonathan Taylor. He's right back in that top three dynasty RB conversation. Uh, Zach Moss, who it was obvious and apparent that coming off the ankle injury and just getting like that on-ramp of getting in shape, they were not going to rush they were not going to rush Jonathan Taylor back, but now he seems to have his football legs back under him. I think Zach Moss had like two PPR points last week. It was not a great showing for him. So for me, it's stock up for, from the Colt standpoint on Jonathan Taylor. What about you, Jerry? Yep.
2: yep, same thing. Uh, I mean, the Patriots are. I'm they're dead to me. Ramondre had a decent enough game for what he's done, but he had one run. Yeah, yeah, he's that's that's what he deserves. Um, but no, Jonathan Taylor. They're finally starting to give him the work. Zach Moss is still there, which sucks, and you hate it if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner like I am. But you're you're happy to be seeing the 18 rushes that you're getting, the 19 rushes he's getting enough yards. It sucks because everybody is keying on him because Gardner Minshew is not excellent, but at least he's getting into the end zone too. So if you you've been relying on him, now you're at least getting 15 points, which I will take compared to what I had to deal with the first six weeks of the year.
0: Yeah, and his playoff, his uh, fantasy playoff schedule, week 15 Steelers at the Falcons and the Raiders. So there's a, you know, I don't love the Steelers matchup. Steelers are one of the better defenses in the league, but you have to like matchups against the Falcons and against the, uh, the Raiders. Anyway, Ravens and Browns, arguably the best game of the weekend. It's got to be it's got to be stock Keonta, you know, uh, Keaton Mitchell. But for me, for how long, how long? I mean, yeah, first of all, they're still giving Gus bus. I I think for me, Keaton Mitchell, his stock is up, but I'm looking to move him. I'm looking to move him the next running back injury. I'm looking to to unload him. Because he's not the long term answer. I don't know that the long term answer at running backs even on the Ravens between the the litany of injuries that J.K. Dobbins has had, Gus Bus. I mean, if you like three yards in a cloud of dust, the occasional touchdown, Gus Bus is your guy. So his stock is up, but for me, he's going to be a sell. What about you, Jerry? In this game,
2: gotta be a sell. Um, yeah, we talked about it in the Patreon chat. They asked, what, you know, are you holding on to him? here's the thing you're going to have to sweat every single situation with Keaton Mitchell, the off season, the draft free agency, everything. And that's just, it it, it is stock up because he is the guy getting the opportunities right now, but I would say he is not long for it.
0: All right. Uh, Packers at Steelers. Uh, For me, it's stock continues to go further down. Christian Watson. Because I know the Green Bay offense has not been good. But Christian Watson is literally doing nothing. <laughs> nothing. I mean, it's a, it's mostly Romeo Dubes. Occasionally, your you know classmate who you graduated with at Michigan State and Jalen Reed, or is it Jaden? Jaden. Jaden, not Jalen. Jaden Reed. Those guys seem to be involved. It's occasionally a Musgrave game. But, dude, Christian Watson can't get a sniff. And I know coming into the season, he was a buy for a lot of Dynasty gamers. Uh, and, and he was a, a hot wide receiver 2-3 in the redraft community. I'm just not seeing it in this current iteration of the offense.
2: You are not wrong, my friend. Uh, I think I was going to say stock up Jaden Reed a little bit, just because he has been getting into the end zone. He's been sort of the bigger play guy where you thought it was going to be Christian Watson. But I think I'm just going to say stock down on the running backs in Green Bay. I have never really been an A.J. Dillon guy, and Aaron Jones is doing exactly what Aaron Jones has always done, where he goes absolutely bananas one time, and then for six weeks you don't even know that he's on your roster, and then he shows up again, and then he disappears again, and that's what you're getting. None of them are helping any playoff teams right now.
0: All right, and then let's go to what was an absolute beatdown. It was an ass-whipping of epic proportions. The 49ers went into Jacksonville – and kicked the literal dog shit out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, you're not and, wrong. And, and, and for me, this one right here, I saved this one for the end of this segment of Stock Up, Stock Down. It has to. But, 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 because I want to talk about T-Law. Because it came yeah. up in our patron group chat this morning. Several of the patrons were, were in the chat. We were talking about T-Law and our own Dr. Kyle. And Dr. Kyle started at the patron as a patron. And he went on to host a podcast. He's helping us out with content. We love us some Dr. Kyle, but obviously he's still in the patron group chat. And, and, you know, he asked me directly, you know, what am I doing with T-Law? How do I feel? Our boy Diddy was giving me a hard time. And I was like, listen, he, he's not performed like the top eight dynasty asset that I, quarterback that I thought he was going to be. He's currently QB 17, top of my head. And that's clearly not what you paid for, especially when guys like Sam Howe, uh, Josh Dobbs, you know, Jared Goff, I mean, guys like that are, are ahead of him in, in points. I just don't get the offense. I'm going to be real honest. They have nine passing touchdowns and eight rushing touchdowns. Or maybe I have those inverted, but it's not been a high-flying offense. And you would think for a team that has Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, you got Travis Etienne in the backfield who can catch the ball, you, you, Evan Ingram at tight end. There is, It's just the offense right now, and they're like 18th and pass attempts, and when you're 18th and pass attempts while winning six games and leading your division, that's only going to reinforce that bad offense. So I think it's going to be a slog for Trevor Lawrence, at least the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. The problem is is they're winning, and they are scoring some points. It's just not really him. They're I in the middle of
0: the road. They're like, like yeah, I think yeah, 17th, what I'm saying. 18th, and That's points scored.
2: But he's not been the focal point. When when they've scored those big games, it's been because Travis Etienne goes bananas. But I, I just don't think the wide receivers are very good. Christian Kirk is fine, and Calvin Ridley is fine, and Evan Ingram, as we have been saying for the last – Thirty-six years, he's fine. I just I don't think any of that. He needs a dog. He need Jalen Hurts got himself AJ Brown went bananas. Josh Allen got himself Stephon Diggs went bananas. Joe Burrow's got everybody in the world goes bananas. He needs a guy, And, and and he's he's playing right now with a bunch of Golden Tates, which they're good. Like they're they're good enough to be NFL wide receivers. They're just not awesome difference makers. And I think that's what you need from Trevor Lawrence. Listen, if you have him, you're pissed, right? Because this is not what you paid for. You expected him to grow on last year, and it hasn't been the case. I'm not going to panic, though. If anything, if I can get him, hell yeah, I'm getting him.
0: Well, I'm looking at right now, and I know a lot of our listeners play the game on sleeper. But if you're on MFL, it will give you their opposition ranks against their position. And I'm looking at his card right now. He will only play as they're currently ranked. Remember that 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 term as they're currently ranked. But as they're currently ranked, he's only going to play two defenses in the league ranked twentieth or worse against the QB. Only two. He already had one in week four against the Falcons, and then his next one is week sixteen at the Buccaneers. You know his. He just played the number three team against the fantasy quarterback in the in the Niners. Now it's the Titans who are fourteenth then the Texans who are 19th, then the Bengals who are 18th, then the Browns who are second, the Ravens that are first in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. I don't see this getting much better, but there's not much you can do. You're not going to get the ret- – rich. I would rather hold and see if he's forced to pass the ball more than I would to sell. Um, I'm I'm not looking to sell, but when you do sell, you have to make a trade, Jerry. Have yeah. you made any trades lately? Ah, I don't think I've made any dynasty trades. Let me. You you know, I I haven't, and I'm looking at the show sheet, and I realized that I did not put down a dynasty trade. Can I tell you one that I offered today? I'll get your your thoughts on it. So this is the trade corner. For those of uh, you that are not uh, regulars, you're you're new to the show, we're going to take a break just for a couple minutes from the stock up, stock down, and we're going to go to the trade corner. Um, I made an offer today. I did. This is a league where I'm super competitive. I've already moved my 24 first. And I offered Trevor Lawrence for Jared Goff and a mid, what is currently the 106 in the the, the rookie draft coming up. So I'd be, you know, sixth overall pick currently. And uh and, and Jared Goff for Trevor Lawrence. What do you think? I think that's fine. I,
2: th- I think that's good for both
0: sides, honestly. Well, the, the 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 team that I've I've offered the Trevor Lawrence to, they're in a rebuild. They've got three firsts. This is not their best first. This is their middle first. They have like a late first. They have a because they again they've got three, and I figured you know Jared Goff's twenty nine. The he's going to be like Kirk Cousins for the next three years. 3 to 4 years in Detroit. Detroit loves him, Dan True. Campbell loves him. He seems to love Detroit as much as I thought a guy who played college football at Cal, wound up in LA with the Rams by way of St. Louis for a season I believe with with Jeff Fisher. There's there's one we're harkening back to, but I'm like I don't want, you know, but if Trevor Lawrence is not going to play I, I need points. I'm trying to win this league. I'm, I'm but I I I, I want to lean on that perception. Of Trevor Lawrence is this highly valuable asset in a superflex league, just to get that first. So that that was an offer that I made I, today. I do. I have a trade that went down in a league I'm in,
2: and it's it's interesting. It's not like a barn burner or anything, but it is. I think it's worth talking about. So superflex. I mean, it's standard. It blah 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 blah. Twelve teams superflex dynasty. One team gets Brock Purdy, and they sent Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison, and a late second.
0: Jordan Addison in the late second for Brock Purdy. Yeah, that's a smash on the Purdy side for me. Yeah, is it? Uh, uh, you trust you trust in Purdy like that? Sure, I do. I, I mean, I I think he just had what three passing touchdowns. I he mean, had at least yeah. two because I'm in I'm in a league where I've got Kittle and Iuke, and I believe they both got one. And I think he had three. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Brock Purdy that makes him safe, in my opinion, is when they. No. Well, they're going to win, and they're going to have a lousy draft, but when you're paying you know, Nick Bosa, and you want to re-sign Chase Young, and you're paying Trent Williams, and you're paying Debo, and you're paying George Kittle, and you've got to find money to pay Brandon Ayuk, and you're paying Fred Warner, you know who you can't afford to pay? The quarterback. You know who makes less than a million bucks for the next two years? Brock Purdy. Yeah. So, for me his play has been pretty decent. I'm not letting the two bad games throw it off. He had a concussion and sometimes those have lingering effects. So for me, I'm I'm that's Brock Purdy easy and I like Jordan Addison. Now, if it was Jordan Addison in like a late first, different conversation. You said late second, that's the difference yeah, for me. It's it's probably like a mid to late second. And, and 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 I I just think Jordan uh I just think Brock Purdy's safe for two more years and in superflex that's an eternity. You can you can come up with the next Brock Purdy in 2 years. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean I I lean Purdy I too. I rarely I am. just
2: I just you very you, <laughs> you like Jordan Addison, so I I sort of thought
0: you were going to lean that way with it. No, 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 no. I mean, it's it, it's again it's like Brock Purdy is is good. Um if you give me just a second, let me let me switch back to the 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 screen I was on. Uh on the season has had a buy Brock Purdy, QB eleven, yeah. and that's that's in spite of a couple of stinkers in week, you know, six and, and De- seven. Debo's been out for a little bit, which I mean, Debo's been out. Debo. Long, Trent Williams was out. Christian McCaffrey was less than a hundred percent. Ayuk has missed a game this year. I'm uh, not that that's uncommon for the NFL, right? I mean, a lot of, a lot of teams miss <laughs> key players.
2: but yeah, you,
0: you know, these are first world problems that guys like Bryce Young would love to have. I'm I'm just merely saying I'm a little bit higher on Brock Purdy and maybe you want to talk about Brock Purdy for more would, for more context real quick he also sure, had sure, Mack, sure. he has Mac Jones
2: and Aaron Rodgers out so that's why he went for Brock Purdy so I, I mean I, I, it's a, it's a good play he's a contender he's seven and three I mean he's win, gonna lose win. to win me because I got a just a juggernaut of a team but what, on him. he might be able to get second place money with Brock Purdy that's fine.
0: Second, Brock Purdy. You know, if I had a team with uh with Brock Purdy on it, maybe I'd just change my team name to Second Place Money. I <laughs> mean, pretty good. All right, Saints at Vikings. stock. And in the show sheet, I put stock up Josh Dobbs. Three question marks. Yeah, I think you have to at this point, man. Um, um now, now, if you'd have said Josh Dobbs for Jordan Addison in a mid second, I- I'm in. The thing, about, the thing about Josh Dobbs is that he's got a better than zero chance of re signing in Minnesota next year as like a bridge quarterback. Sure. Even if Minnesota signs a, you know, drafts a rookie, maybe they draft a second round guy. Maybe Minnesota, I think Minnesota is going to make the playoffs, to be quite honest. Maybe they use that, you know, pick in the 20s to draft like a Quinn Ewers or a Michael Penix Jr. Like if you drafted Michael Penix Jr., wouldn't outside of not being left-handed, wouldn't Josh Dobbs be like the perfect bridge guy? Is he just smarter, Jacoby Brissett? That's whereas, smart. whereas you know Jacoby Brissett's a flat earther, and Josh Dobbs is an astronaut that circles the Earth. I think we've come full circle. I think his stocks up, but I'm looking to get same thing. If I had Jacoby Brissett, I'm looking to get out of the Josh Dobbs business. Yeah,
2: I I would agree with you. Uh, also worth mentioning, Ty Chandler is going to be relevant as a running back. Uh, don't care about him. I'm absolutely getting rid of him as soon as I can. Just like Keaton Mitchell also should have done that with Alexander Madison, but
0: that's a L for everybody that relied on him all year. And you know, what has two L's tank Dell. And then when the Texans played the Bengals, that's my stock up guy tank Dell pocket Hercules, man, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting TY Hilton meets I don't know Darren Sproles I mean I don't know he's just so dynamic and good route runner but he's small but he scores big Jerry I don't have a problem with a small see Tank Dell is the opposite of Quentin Johnston Quentin Johnston is a big man who plays small and Tank Dell is a small man who plays big kind of like a Steve Smith even for me I'm 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 loving Tank Dell right now
2: uh, I can dig it. I mean, honestly, everybody in that offense because C.J. Stroud is an animal. Also, I'm looking at his pro football reference. Did you know C.J. is stands for Coleridge? His name is Coleridge. Oh, well, Mac Jones's middle name is McCorkle. Okay, I get it, and that's horrible. And his parents
0: obviously hate him by naming him McCorkle. But Coleridge, that's just I'll ask you. I've I've already got a son. My son's name's Vincent. We call him Vinny. Now, maybe one day you and the lovely Mrs. Jerry have a a child. Do you want your child? He's a masculine child. He's a manly child. Do you want that poor child's name to be Coleridge or McCorkle?
2: Well, I mean, uh, probably Coleridge for sure, because McCorkle shouldn't be a name. That's a cartoon name. I mean, Vincent's a solid name, Latin for they conquer also, which well, I am guessing you don't know, but that's all
0: just so you know. Well, for all um, the new, like, like the new parents, like, like Dr. Kyle and maybe one day Jerry and his, and his lovely wife. See, see Vincent's a great name. It's like when he goes into it, like a job interview someday it's Vincent, but you know, like we call him Vin, you know, his baseball buddies call him Vinny. Uh, his uncle Jim calls him uncle, ba- uh, calls him Vinny bag of donuts. I mean, it, it's a great name. It's got so many different like variables. It's not like some of these names that we have nowadays, but uh tank. Del, I don't even know what tank Dell's real name is. I know his, uh, his, his given name is not tank. Uh, uh, unless it is, in which case his parents obviously love him. Jerry yeah. looked that up. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, make that a callback later in the show. Um, it's, it's
2: Nathaniel.
0: Nathaniel tank Dell. There you go. But anyway, stock,
2: uh, stock to the moon, CJ Stroud, by the way, I okay. mean, he's. I'm not going mean, to waste I, these good people's time. I, I know. I'm just saying like in, in the realm of like getting to Justin Herbert levels, you know, not going to run a ton, but I mean, he's doing it with just the tank Dells of the world.
0: I mean, he, and, and the uh, cool thing an about tank Dell now, the Texans also, I, I know the Texans, cause I did some tweets on this. They got about 50 million in cap room. You know, I'd be in the, the T Higgins business as well. But see, the Texans traded their first, even if it ends up being in the, in the late teens, early 20s, where normally that's like, that's like wide receiver alley where you would draft a wide receiver in the first round of the NFL draft. They don't have a first round pick. They traded it to the Cardinals for the rights to draft uh, Anderson, the defensive end out of Alabama last year. So the odds of Tank Dell getting a wide receiver with draft capital that could potentially keep him from maintaining this role I mean, if he really—I mean, if you look at free agency—if he fades T. Higgins, he's going to be a pretty, pretty nice piece next year. And and by that, even Nico uh, Collins—not going down the Nico Collins road—but you know who used to play like a tank? It was Derrick Henry, Titans at the Buccaneers. How do you only have eleven rush attempts for twenty-four yards? Wild. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, if if you're going to use him like this. Again, I, 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 you know, I'm just, I'm just bringing up the patron chat because that's what we do in season. When you go to Patreon.com/slash forward slash Dynasty Warzone, one of our Aussie patrons, you know, um, Pat, he was like, "What are you doing with Derrick Henry? Because he's a contender." I was like, "I don't know. I'm scared shitless. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what to do with Derrick Henry. I know what Derrick Henry could do, and I know that Tampa Bay is one of the better run defenses in the league, but I don't know." Um, It's not been great since that initial performance against the Falcons, Jerry. I mean, if you have Derrick
2: Henry, it's because you're contending and you are content with him dying on your roster. So if that's the case, I'll ride it out. Because it's not going to happen a bunch. I mean, this kind of stuff happens because, I mean, he's old for running backs. But there will also be weeks where he wins it for you. So you just got to hold on and you just have to be content that you're not going to be able to get value for Derrick Henry. You're just holding him. You you are a contender, which is why you have him and he's going to die with you. You are going to bury him softly and give him a sweet eulogy.
0: Well, I I, I that that's good talk, but I uh, I I'm, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to look for the first good game. I am I'm, I'm like, going to You know, pigs get fed hog, the hogs, hogs They're not, I, not a I, shot. I'm I'm gonna try to get two seconds. I'm trying. I'm gonna try to get a contender second what and twenty four.
2: If, if I'm if I'm a contender, what the fuck do I want with a second?
0: Well, I, I'm I'm envisioning a scenario where like week thirteen, like right around your trade deadline, you know, Derrick Henry plays a team like the Colts or Houston and has like that Derrick Henry division game. Where he stacks like a body and, you know, like 120 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then someone on a contender loses someone. It's bound to happen. I'm hoping for that confluence of events that opens up that cell window for me right as we creep up on the dynasty playoffs. And that's what I envision. Because if you think he's not worth a wet sock now, wait until the offseason when point oh. scoring season's over 100%. and he becomes a 29, soon to be 30 year old bruising running back with limited PPR upside. Correct. He's not going to be worth half a wet sock with a hole in it. So.
2: so if you're if you look at the standings and you are not in third or better, and you're not within a game or two, and you have Derrick Henry on your roster, you should not have Derrick Henry on your roster. I will agree with you there. And and I'll and I'll take the seconds in that case. Sure. Like if I'm in fourth and I'm two games back from first and I'm down a hundred points on what they have. I'm probably not winning. And what, Derrick Henry is only going to die on my roster. So I in certain situations, I can agree with you.
0: Whatever day the season ends, January 1st, January 2nd, come January 3rd, like that first day after week 17, Derrick Henry, you're not getting a second, much less two seconds. <laughs> so, so now is the time to move. I'll tell you who you're not going to get right now for probably two firsts is my guy from the Lions at the Chargers. It's Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Dude, he's hotter than the surface of the sun right now. He's playing great, involved in the passing game, explosive. And I don't want to say I predicted it, except I did. I tweeted this out when people were concerned about David Montgomery coming back. Understand your history. Dan Campbell learned head coaching and offense from a guy named Sean Payton. And when they were in New Orleans together, they had a rookie running back in 2017. His name, Alvin Kamara. Not a half bad comp for a guy, maybe you know him, Jameer Gibbs. Alvin Kamara had a teammate, former Heisman winner and bruising and and really good running back in his own right, Mark Ingram. Just like Jameer Gibbs has a, a, a really good between the tackles running teammate named David Montgomery. That year, Both those guys were top 10 running backs and points scored on the season. There is a world where both of these guys eat. So, if you can find even a slither, a sliver of a crack of a hope of a morsel to get Jameer Gibbs, go get him because he's going to be in that top three to four conversation at the RB position for a startup in March.
2: Uh, I think he'll be even higher than that, honestly. But
0: you got to think Bijan,
2: Brees, JT, Jameer. All right. Yeah. I mean, listen, I agree. They're all in there. I just, I think, I think there's an argument that Jameer Gibbs will be hyped up so much that he's RB1. My, my worry is that Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, will be gone because he is almost certainly going to be the top head coaching prospect in the NFL and will take a job. So that worries me a little bit because, love Dan Campbell, he has not, when he was calling plays, Early in his tenure, it was fine, but it was not Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson has been an absolute animal. So, worried a little bit. I can dig that, though. Stock up Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is the contender's trophy this year. If you can get Keenan Allen, because Justin Herbert is feeding him, because Quentin Johnston doesn't do anything. I I mean, this guy is 31 years old, and he absolutely torched the Lions. I mean, he's had... He had an 18 reception game. He's had multiple double-digit reception games. Dude's an animal. Go get Keenan Allen. He's not going to be super
0: expensive. Easy peasy. In a total points on the season scored and in a points per game scored, he's your wide receiver too. He's ahead of A.J. Brown. Now, I'm not saying that he's worth more than A.J. Brown in Dynasty, but you can't go get A.J. Brown cheap. But where can you go get AJ Brown production? Bingo. Keenan Allen. That's your guy. Uh, Four o'clock games. Let's start. Ta- well, I guess the, the the last one was as well. Dallas, a, a, another beating, a severe beating of Tommy yeah. DeVito, not to be confused with Danny DeVito, Jim Tannen Laundry, and uh, the New York Giants. For, for me, it's stock up on Jake Ferguson. Yeah. Your tight end 10 on the season. Um, we knew it was going to be somebody. They they drafted the kid out of Michigan's shoemaker. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, there was another guy, but it, Ferguson's the guy. And if you're looking for, because like the tight end position outside the top handful of guys is always a crap shoot every week. I don't mind Jake Ferguson. Again, when when you got to sign Micah Parsons and you just signed Trayvon Diggs and, you know, Dak makes a bunch of money and, and you, you got to save money. And he's a cheap tight end, dirt cheap. So, for me, it's Jake Ferguson. Uh,
2: Stock up to wide receiver two, C.D. Lamb, ahead of Justin Mm. Jefferson? No. Yes. No. 100%. No. So, I got to rely on Josh Dobbs getting the ball to Justin Jefferson as much as Kirk Cousins did? Not a shot. Or I can have Dak Prescott, who is known for having more 400-yard games than any Cowboy quarterback in history, Easily, easily, CD Lamb. Well, there's we can, a, there's we, a we tier. Jamar we, Chase is one. CD Lamb is two. Justin Jefferson is three. AJ Brown is
0: four. Drop off. I'm uh, I, I'm feeling um, very something right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to calm down for a second, and I'm going to bring on our boy Dallas. He's going to talk to us about a rookie or a soon to be rookie running back named Devin Neal. Let's hear
3: from Dallas. Welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ, that's right, the Dynasty Warzone's very own rookie rundown edition of the Prospect Premonition, folks. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on all the socials at salad galore, that is Dallas spelled backwards with the double L. And today we are diving into another one of the prospects that I have dove in looked into my crystal ball and saw success for your dynasty teams as early as 2024 in that rookie class. Uh, Today, we will be touching base on another running back in this year's class. And I think this is the one where I'm going to be kind of hitting a sweet spot for uh, what I typically like in a running back. There is always one running back in each draft class if you've been following my content where i find myself saying yeah that guy's really freaking fast that guy's really good at catching the ball and if he makes a straight line cut he is really good at getting chunk plays and i think the candidate for that guy in this year's class is actually going to be a a name of almost note this time but a running back that is really falling By the wayside is what I would say, Um, not in a lot of people's top 10 ranks at the RB position overall in this dynasty class, but it's Mr. Devin Neal out of the University of Kansas, uh, KU, the Jayhawks. Uh, He's a true junior, and he's pretty much everything you would ask for in today's back. He's 5'11", 2'10". Uh, He's a true junior. He's going to be going into the NFL when he declares inevitably this year at the age of 21. Um, He'll basically just have turned 21 at the beginning of the season. Uh, And he's basically going to come in having three seasons in a row, starting even as a true freshman of right around. um, I mean, when when you look at everything broken down, you're going to see a stat total of constant progression and realistically Around 13 to 1400 scrimmage yards, uh, as just kind of a floor right now, as a true junior, he's sitting at 965 rushing yards, another 200 through the air on 23 receptions, uh, 11 total touchdowns. And we got five games left to go in this regular season for Devin Neal. So there's a lot of production left that this running back can do for your NFL teams. But again, as I said, the reason I typically fall for these backs is their ability in the pass game to really be a difference maker and specifically in straightaway stretch plays to the outside um, swings. Wheel, uh, wheel routes, that type of outlet pass that the NFL truly uses on a very regular basis with the running backs, he excels at. Um, he's been extremely productive as a pass catcher over his three years at the University of Kansas, really natural soft hands, and his ability to pull in passes in stride and then just turn on the burners and run away is really impressive from a prospect that not a lot of people are talking about. Um, he's used a lot in the screen game for KU. You see it a lot um, just in general in the Big 12 when it comes to running backs. But he's very good, and he's one of the best in this class at actually catching those balls. It's him and Will Shipley for me as the true pass catching backs, at least from the Power 5 conferences, that are really catching my eye this year. And his athleticism and quick feet, I mean, he's really good at creating running lanes that aren't there, which is what I said over the last couple years when you were looking at Pierre Strong. Jerome Ford uh, going back even further, continuing that trend. Um, you have just Tony Pollard's uh, that type of style of running back is typically the the type that I'm going to gravitate towards because they're game breakers. They are able to break off those big chunks. Um, the one caveat with those running backs is the reason I wasn't super, super over the moon on a guy like Jameer Gibbs or James cook is that if you're coming in and you're not going to hit that threshold of 200 pounds, I'm going to be hesitant at your ability to hold up long-term in the NFL. Um, That's the reason I was pretty out on Devin a chain. Um, Yes, you will lose, you know, prediction battles doing that type of analysis, but saves you a lot of headaches of, wow. Yeah, this guy's really productive, but I only get to use him four games a year. Um, Devin Neal has a lot more weight than those guys. He was measuring in at 210 last year. Um, I expect him to be about 215 to 220. Uh, He looks like he's put on quite a bit more weight his senior year. Sorry, not senior year, his junior year. And that's really impressive with the amount of speed that he still has. Like I said, his passing game is where he's truly functional and truly going to carve out a role in the NFL. And like I said, he's going as that RB nine, 10, 11, 12. in a lot of people's ranks right now, I have him a bit higher in my uh, very, very early ranks. So it's pretty, pretty interesting to see how this goes. But um, the one thing that can often hamper running backs of this type of mold is their ability to actually see the holes that they want to hit so quickly. That is not an issue with Devin Neal. He's really good at finding the holes behind the line of scrimmage and immediately hitting it. Uh, He's got a really good feel, like I said, for behind the line of scrimmage, feel the blocks, and he's a one cutback. Again, in that same mold as a pierre strong as a tony pollard that's what you're getting you see it you hit it you go um extremely dangerous like i said in the open field but the one thing that i would caution you is that he does not have like the ankle breaking shady mccoy to his game so he's not a I'm going to find space in the middle of the field, juke out two guys, and then make a run. He's not going to do what we've seen Bijan do over the last you know five to six games. That first touchdown is burned in a lot of people's skulls for Bijan Robinson. That's not who you're seeing with this. And that's why I keep stressing, he is a guy like a Pierre Strong, like a Jerome Ford, the one-cut runners, the Tony Pollards of the world. And those are very successful, grinded out, extremely explosive running backs in the NFL. Um, that is his biggest downfall, though, is what I will say. Um, there are a lot of situations where you need to be able to work in tight corners, and he has a tendency to always want to bounce things to the outside. Um, he wants to use his speed to his advantage, which is what he's probably being coached to do and what I would tell him to do if I was the coach, most likely. Uh, you don't try to make someone do something they're not very good at. Um, for that, it is he's not the greatest at finding space, like I said, between the tackles, and He's an okay pass blocker. He's willing. He'll throw his body all around, but he's definitely going to try and cut block you, chop you at the knees, that type of blocking. He's not trying to bully-bully you in the face like a uh, Derrick Henry or a uh, David Montgomery would in the past you know, pass protection role. So just know what you're getting when you're looking at a guy like Devin Neal. But there are a lot of positives for this guy and a guy that a lot of people aren't talking about. So if you haven't checked out any of the KU games as of late, I know I'm saying it doesn't sound like a super exciting team to watch, but they are actually pretty enjoyable. And that's coming from a K-State alum here um, just to see how they play exactly. There's a big game coming up actually November 18th. So just a little bit after the time of this airing on this episode, that if you have not watched any Devin Neal, I strongly recommend it. It is going to be a primetime game, 6 p.m. start on Saturday the 18th. Make sure to check him out and get a head start at understanding a prospect that is destined for production on your dynasty teams. Until the next episode of the Prospect Premonition, have a good time, guys. Enjoy. Everything that is the fantasy uh landscape right now. And stay tuned for the next edition of Prospect Premonition as well as the rookie rundown.
0: Always nice to get a little visit from uh from our buddy, from our buddy Dallas. Does good work with those rookies, Jer. Yeah, he's uh he's a psycho who just be watching everybody. He just be watch, he just be watching college football. I'll tell you who else is a good guy, the podfather.
1: Hey, you're in your fantasy draft and someone says, hey, that guy's injury prone. I don't want him. And you're like, I don't know. I don't think you can predict injuries. Well, guess what? Now you can! Injury proneness is real! At Player Profiler, we have the data on these players, and it's all in the Injury Finder app. Their injury track record back through time, exactly where they were injured, how severe it is. We look at the BMI data, and we crunch it all together, and we give you probabilities that a player will miss multiple games this NFL season, as well as the complete database of NFL injuries and the ability to compare two players and look at their injury track record. The injury finder is powerful and it's only five bucks. If it's worth it to have that peace of mind when you're drafting, go get it.
0: Five bucks, Jerry smooth transition to the pod father.
1: Yeah,
2: buddy. I listen, I still will never get over the fact that he uses a megaphone and it doesn't
0: blow my eardrums out every time. He's a fucking professional.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Matt Kelly, the Pod Father, podcast, content, colossus. All right. Uh Falcons at the Cardinals. I do want to say stock up, but I, I want to throw another stock up because it's a bit of news. The New York dumbass Jets, you know, they <laughs> they cut Michael Carter. I don't know why Michael Carter, it'll be it'll be good for Brees Hall, but you know, every time the Jets.
1: The goddamn Jets.
0: They cut Michael Carter and the Cardinals claimed him. So I'll just that should tell you all you need to know. The Cardinals, I believe, have the second or third, you know, uh uh waiver claim. I know Carolina would have one because they have the number one pick currently. I believe the Giants are two. And then he didn't get past three. It's pretty good. Do I you mean James Connors there? But you get past James Conner. I would tell you this it tells me the uh, the Cardinals are not tanking. And they're gonna to try to win some games. And I gotta admit, I've never been a Kyler Murray guy, but I liked what um, I saw. Out of, I liked what I saw. Out of, well, here's the thing: I'm a big culture guy. As a leader of a group of people, what's what I do? Culture is everything, and 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 that's why like I don't like certain guys when they go to certain situations. It's just it's it's not about them, it's the culture around them, whether it's a running back, a quarterback, whatever. And I liked Kyler out there playing for the win. And I believe even though he's kooky, I believe Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, the coach, and, and Monty Austin, for the GM, I believe in spite of having a bad you know owner in Bidwell, I think they're changing the culture. And I love that Kyler seems to be bought in. I've got to reevaluate where a healthy Kyler goes in my dynasty rankings, but it's higher than it was a week ago. What about yeah. you, Jerry? Who who who's yours? Uh Michael Carter, Kyler, someone else? Trey I know. McBride? You I know, mean, I've well,
2: talked so well, much about well, Trey, Trey, McBride. Trey. Trey McBride is I mean, he has cemented himself as like tight end six or something. Like he that's if I can see him do it more regularly, then he's gonna go even higher. But even in doing it twice in the last three weeks, I'm still putting him at like six or seven, probably. Um what do you got? You look like you're gonna vilify me or something.
0: No, no, no. I'm I'm gonna move on to the to the to the next game. Okay, yeah. But, but anytime anyone brings up Trey McBride, because I was going back to my very first visit mm. on the Mind of Mansion podcast with the Podfather. Speaking of the Podfather, he and I were talking about Michael Wilson, but really Trey McBride was my guy. So anytime anyone brings up how awesome Trey McBride's doing, it's, it always reminds me of this. Got to get in your grandstanding and, and your hot dogging, don't you? Yeah. You're damn right, Macho Man. By the way, his birthday today, I saw on social media. Aww.
3: So a uh, happy heavenly Rest birthday easy,
0: to the yeah, absolutely great way to put it, especially when your crown is a cowboy hat with a Slim Jim logo on it. But, oh, yeah. Uh, dig it, brother. All right. Uh, com- commandos at the Seahawks. Now, I put this one right here. Stock down JSN three question marks. Where God. are you at with JSN right now?
2: I'm not at stock down yet because I have seen consistently him be able to do things. Now, what I haven't seen is that ceiling game, which is what you want. If I think, you know, when you drafted him, you assumed you were going to get one of these elite guys. You were going to get a uh, Stefan Diggs, you, you know, Keenan Allen, all these guys that are just going absolutely bananas. A.J. Brown. And it hasn't come to fruition yet. But what I have seen is a young guy who is coming in. And Geno Smith has been bad. It, it no, No way around it. And he's been okay. He's been getting you four or five catches, 50 yards. He's got a couple touchdowns in there in the last month or so. He's been fine. That's not where you drafted him to be. So if you got him, you're a salty motherfucker. That's for sure.
0: But but, I'm kicking tires. I I am look I'm looking for to get
2: him or get rid of
0: him. Oh, to, to get him to, oh, to yeah. get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah. JSN does not have a talent problem. No, he's got a Geno Smith problem. Correct. And and, and this is not uncommon for a grizzled veteran. And and and, and as much as I want to poke Geno Smith over this, it's like I don't blame him. He resurrected his career by leaning on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Hey rookie, you'll get what I don't give them. Because mm-hmm. these guys resurrected me. I'm gonna continue to go to that well. It's 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 a fairly simple mindset to understand. JSN, I'll just tell you now a little sneak peek. You know, Dallas talks about his crystal ball, he can see it. Oh, wait a second, look at it, my crystal ball. Oh, yeah, Memphis is gonna be all over JSN this offseason. So he's gonna be at the top of my dynasty buy list. I'll tell you another guy who's stock up for me. The uh, the 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 good old Jets, Jerry. The
1: goddamn Jets.
0: They uh, they blew one against the Las Vegas Raiders, who have won two in a row, and a large reason is because they're leaning on Josh Jacobs. He's my stock up. Oh, what do you know? You have a guy who's never been a head coach before, Antonio Pierce. What's he do? He gives 26, players, tw- sorry, sorry, 26 rushes to one of his best players, Josh Jacobs. Then in the follow-up game, he gives him 27. And, you
1: you, and, you mean to and tell they me? started
0: throwing the ball to Devonte Adams too. You mean to tell me that as a head coach, as a leader, if you get your best people involved, good things happen. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, this guy's going to be 26 in the off season, so you're going to get his age 26 fantasy season. His age 27, 28's not a death knell for for a running back, and this guy's been durable for the most part in his career. I think he's going to be one of the hottest running back free agents of this because I doubt the Raiders. I doubt the Raiders can franchise tag him two years in a row. But I think if 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 they go like eight and nine, nine and eight, I can see where they would hire Antonio Pierce. And I think you start by hiring Antonio Pierce. You start by re-signing Josh Jacobs. You find maybe they'll be in on a guy like like Kirk Cousins in the quarterback market. You know they're going to be. So I think Josh Jacobs is a pretty solid fantasy buy for the next uh the next couple of two, three years. If you're going if you're going into that contending window, you could do worse than Josh Jacobs.
2: I tend to agree. Uh, I think he's gonna keep scoring points for the rest of the year, though. So I think he's probably gonna be a better buy in the offseason, but I, I can dig that. Uh, I'm gonna go stock down Devontae Adams, though. He did, I mean, he had 80 yards or something this past week, but I tried to sell him for a first, Randy. And I got declined.
0: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he's like, th- he's got like a December, like around Christmas birthday. I remember looking. Yeah, he'll be Eve. like, he'll be like 31, 32. Yep. And and, 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 you know, he seems to be happy just seeing the team win. I will yeah. tell you this nothing against Aiden O'Connell. He looks like Farva from Super Troopers. If you don't know, Google it. Throw, throw it in the Google machine. You're going to be like, oh, grow up and you uncultured oh, yeah, swan. Yeah, yes. Um, yes, you uncultured, unbased swine. Go figure out what Super Troopers is. But if for some reason Jimmy G comes back with this new play caller, I think it would actually be better for Devontae Adams, but but, but you're right. And uh, speaking of wide receivers, in that range, he's going to be 28, and uh, that's Cortland Sutton. Monday night, the Broncos go to Buffalo, beat the Bills. Wow. And so Michael to- – Now, mind you, he's had his bye, but he's only wide receiver 27 on the season. If I told you that Cortland Sutton was currently on pace for 77 receptions and on pace for 13 touchdowns, he's got seven, by the way. It's a wild number. He's got seven. How many yards would you say he's on pace for? So the catches are 77. The touchdowns are, are 13. What would you think his projected yardage would be right now? 1,200. Uh, two thirds of that 818 is what he's trending toward. He doesn't even have 500, but he's getting all these dink and dunks. He's, he's clearly the, the number one option for Russell in the red zone. And and I think he's, you know, he's got a couple of two years there and no one's really talking about it. And if for some reason they ever started pushing the ball down the field, Maybe he could get to a thousand if he ends the season with 77, you know, catches on a hundred targets and a thousand yards and 13 touchdowns. It's a pretty good season, and that's going to be a solid wide receiver, too. That I think you could get for wide receiver three to maybe even wide receiver four prices. I I, I see, uh, because you know, Russ is not going anywhere based on his contract, so you've probably got the rest of this year and maybe two more out of Cortland Sutton. And that's a nice depth piece if you play in like start three wide receiver leagues. I don't yeah. know. I've, I've been acquiring a lot of Cortland Sutton.
2: I, th- I think that's good. He's I mean, he's easily acquirable, too, because most people paid a lot more than that for him. So they're willing to part ways. I'm, my guy is going to be Javante Williams, though. Like you see what this team did to start the year, and it correlates exactly with Javante Williams touching the ball. They started the year four and one. Or one and four, excuse me, dyslexia hit. And his touches in those four games, five games, Jesus, Jerry, I'm I'm stroking out here, 13, 12, 11, 2, 10. And then they beat the Packers, and he had 18 touches. And then they beat Kansas City, and he had 30 touches. And then they beat the Bills, and he had 25 touches. He's getting lots of work, and they're winning games. He's not been crazy efficient with it, but he's finally finding the end zone and he's doing it in the passing game too. Thank you. I will increase my floor there. Javante Williams is absolutely going to piss off a lot of people when they go against him in the playoffs this year because he's going to be a guy that people have as their flex or as their RB2 that they weren't super relying on with another with a stacked roster outside of that. And he's going
0: to be the one that's just fucking chugging everybody along. If his name was B. John Robinson, if his name was Brees Hall, if his name was Jonathan Taylor, or if he wasn't coming off of the knee injury, we would be talking about this guy and this performance over the last three weeks. And here's the thing. He's doing all this in spite of not having a rushing touchdown yet. This, This offense is on the come. It's, it's, it's progressing. We talked about Russell Wilson. We talked about Cortland Sutton. Now we're talking about Javante Williams. I still think there's the, – the, the price is probably still reasonable enough you can go get him. 100%. He's, he's only 23. He'll turn 24 in April, and going into next season, he will be another full year removed from the multiple ligament ligament injury in his knee. He could be the guy next year that we, we realize it's too late. We've seen – we talked earlier about that 2017 season with the Saints, with – how they were able to use, you know, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram in both multiple roles. We've seen how a Sean Payton offense, just Pierre Thomas and just Darren Sproles and the list just goes on and on and on of all these running backs that Sean Payton's offense has made spectacular. The last three weeks, we're starting to see that out of Javante Williams. And I don't think Sean Payton's going anywhere. Big old contract. I don't think Russell Wilson's going anywhere. Big old contract, so I just see another rest of this year and two year window where Javante's really, really good, Jar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was it, your guy, just, With and with the workload, what do you want?
2: I mean, I'll take that, even if it was you out there getting twenty five touches, I might still get
0: three or four points out of you. I wouldn't hold your breath. Anyway, it's uh, it was good show, good show. Uh, We had four teams on on the bye last week. We had the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Rams. That was three pretty – four pretty fantasy-relevant teams. I mean, we're all using a ton of Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and Tua and Waddle and Hill and the Eagles and then the Rams, even Cooper Cup. I was actually glad the Rams had the week off so my boy Stafford could get rested up. This week we're going to have no Falcons, no Colts, Colts okay maybe J T and JT, Pittman yeah maybe you're using Minshew in a super flex uh, the Patriots wolf don't care and then yeah. uh, like I, I, Alvin Kamara speaking of passing game but uh, that's all right we're gonna we're gonna soldier on through Jerry uh, we'll we'll figure out what our schedule looks like next week with uh, Thanksgiving I think we could probably still do Wednesday night don't think that would be much of an issue for a Thursday release but uh man good show what's uh what's coming up for Jerry this week.
2: Nothing. I mean, next week I'm heading back to Michigan. So I'm going to, going to see the family for Thanksgiving. So that'll be awesome. Um, Other than that, I mean, listen, you know what, what you got.
0: I say, I was going to think, I think I'm going to do, I'm off work. So like we have like the week off, it's a shutdown week. It's a paid week off for us. We get wellness days and, you know, very blessed to work for a good company in my, in my real job. And uh, I I might do a bunch of uh, run-ins. On other podcasts here on the Player Profiler Network. It just might like randomly show up, like with Theo or Billy or, you know, the pot. You may, you may never know where you may see me next week, Jerry.
2: You're just, you're just going to go in, window crashing, stone cold theme
0: starting, Brandy. Uh, (laughs) It'll be something like, they'll be in the middle of a podcast. They're like, oh my God, that's Memphis's music. He's, he's, got, he's got a steel chair. Yeah, it'll be, it'll, it'll, it'll be something like that. But uh, we'll still do a show. Maybe we need to record a day early. You and I will figure that out. Uh, I'll just tell you guys, now is the time. That's why we've been doing the stock report all year. Your trade deadline's probably coming up. It's a week 12, week 13. You need to get after it. You need to go look at, 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 you know, figure out where you're at. Because inactivity is the worst activity. You need to be out there because, like, Hey, we talked about adding Deshaun Watson, you know, based on certain things. Maybe I'm trying to add cuz I'm contending. Now's the time to tinker and and make some moves without blowing up your roster. That's what I'm doing right now. 100%.
2: And and listen, those those young guys that you mentioned earlier, the the JSNs, the even guys like Kendra Miller, Roshan Johnson, or and anybody we either talked about or didn't talk about that you are w- wanting to maybe have on your roster, even if you don't necessarily believe in them a ton, now is the time to do it because they're not scoring. They are less valuable to the person that has them. And the moment you can't trade for them because of the playoffs, or if you don't have a trade deadline, once the off season starts, they are going to increase in value because then they are no longer a running back that scores two points per game then they are a 23-year-old running back who still has two years of eligibility and an extremely old veteran ahead of them. The value is going to change. Do what you have to do. And if you're trying to win, win that bad motherfucker, man. Like, it, now is the time. Go get Keenan Allen. Go get James Conner. Go, I mean, listen. You're. I mean, you're not going to mortgage your future. Don't do, don't do stupid shit. But those are the type of guy Adam Thielen's. I mean, Randy hasn't shut up about Adam Thielen for three years, and he's been right for two and a half of them. I I mean, I mean, and and he was, I mean, this this dude that going into this offseason, I was like, okay, this man is starting to get Alzheimer's. It's fine. He doesn't realize that Adam Thielen's on a new offense with a rookie quarterback, and he's not going to do anything, but it's fine. You know, that's Randy's strategy. I get it. Come to find out. I was the idiot that was eating glue and didn't know what I was doing. So go make make your moves. And also don't be a turd. Look at other people's rosters and see what they need and try and help them to help you. Nothing is worse than getting a, just, getting a trade and you look at it and they want your running backs and you're already thin at running back and you're going, why in the absolute fuck would I do that? Just be smart. That's all I'm saying. It, it goes a long way. It makes it easier for somebody to just hit accept. I mean, not there Randy. You go. Randy has never just hit accept on a trade. No. in the well, in the I five mean, years yes. that we've played, but
0: yes, um, actually, I've been um, uh, so fun story because this is obviously a longer than our standard podcast. But um, I'm in the league that I always talk about. You know, one of my favorite leagues outside of our patron leagues is the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League because it's it's OG original content creators. And it's like the peers that I really respect in the industry, guys like dynasty rich guys like, uh, Izzy from the dynasty trade calculator, the guys from the FF dynasty dynasty theory, just, just a ton of people that I respect and admire playing against. And I've been going back and forth on trying to make a deal with dynasty rich for the last two days. And we're close. We're so close. Jerry, maybe we'll cover it on next week's show. Okay. Maybe we'll maybe you I'll just have being
2: a, a greedy bastard because that's what I'm hearing.
0: No, 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 no. I, I, I don't want to spoil it Um, because maybe we never get it done. If not, maybe uh we'll talk about it next year as the one that got. And no, I'm sorry. Next week is the one that got away. How about that? He's
2: being, he's being greedy for sure.
0: No, 100% I'm not. I promise you I'm not. Well, kind of Um, anyway. Th- th- there's your to be continued. If you want the follow up of Memphis's trade attempts with dynasty rich from the dynasty nerds, Tune, in, tune back in next week to the Dynasty Warzone. Thank you for tuning in. That man's name is Jerry Sinclair. You may follow him at JerrySinDWZ. D W Z. You can follow me at D W Z Memphis. Follow the show on podcast platforms, YouTube's, just everywhere. Everywhere you subscribe goes a long way toward helping the show. Until next week, guys. Have a good one.
3: When we add up
1: all those inches.